Hey guys, today we brought in Ethan Churchill for a fireside chat, not our normal platform for the podcast that you're used to, but we hit a lot of real estate, a little bit of airplane, and just um, ethics in business. Maybe good, maybe bad. Stay tuned. Hey, this is Liz, and you're listening to the South CAC Syndicate Podcast. Jared here. Kyle Voss. Welcome everybody back to the South CAC Syndicate Podcast. I realize we have skipped a couple weeks due to some scheduling issues for business and pleasure. Is this, we call this season two? Is this like the starting of season two? I mean, we went 50 yeah. episodes. I mean, like, it's kind of like a year. Oh, this would be a good season two. Or do we want to wait and get to the new studio for season? That's what we do. Okay. We're changing studios in a couple weeks. Late uh, season one. New look, new feel. Yeah. N- uh, new cameras, mics. Yeah. If, we you're not, got, if you're not following us on YouTube, go check us out. Yep. South CAC Syndicate Podcast on YouTube. We've got our intern in place, Mark Beatrice, who will be our executive producer in uh, hopefully around two months. Just think, Mark, you can put that on your resume. So although Mark is out of frame for the podcast, he is sitting here taking it all in. That's right. In a good way. We love having him. That's right. So Sometimes. Some, some things we talk about, we're like... No, that's right. So part of the reason we didn't pod is you were at a race or something, right? Oh, there's a couple of things. I mean, I went to, what, Bristol, and I was went to the beach, was down in Edisto for, I mean, there's a bunch of stuff. Same, yeah. same thing with you, you were yeah. South Dakota. Yeah. Florida. Yeah. Here, there. It's like, yep. My, this October has reminded me why, why I left corporate. <laughs> like, so you can just go. It's just been so much road. And then you pull down the driveway, you unpack, you do laundry, and then you go out the driveway to the next airport. Yeah. And it's, uh, while it was fun in my early days, it's, um, you ready to be home? Yeah. I like being, I like being in the mountains, man. Yeah. It's like uh, Florida was great. Um, meetings were great, really productive, tons of value, tons of information. But when I rolled back down the driveway, and those golden yellow and red leaves are scattered there. Nobody's been down there. It's just fantastic. Yeah. Just, there's no place like home. You're getting old. <laughs> no. <I'm, laughs> where, are we, hey, where are we going tomorrow? Yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm not getting old. Yeah. <laughs> you're getting old. No, I, you're not far behind me, son. You're way older than I am. Speaking of age, we got a young one in the house tonight, mm-hmm. Mr. Ethan Churchill. Welcome to the podcast, Mr. Churchill. I feel like I should get ID'd. <laughs> you know, Not that you young. said young one, and I'm thinking, wow. Well, it's just because we're old. Time. No, speak to yourself. <laughs> what does the Toby Keith say? Don't let the old man in. Mm-mm. Once he gets in, oh, yeah, he's old, done. you're out. Yeah. Right. I'm, I'm, young. I'm good. What, what, do I, him? what do I do if my knees already hurt? Do I not that let in? I don't let that in. No, you, definitely no, don't let that quit in. Complaining. Oh. <clears throat> do you okay. know, I feel like I've got eight knives, hot knives in my shoulder right now. Do you see me just going, <laughs> my shoulder hurts? No. We just keep on trucking. Yeah. All right, so Ethan, give us a what? Give us a little background on who is Ethan Churchill. So in March of 1993, <laughs> 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 what happened in March of 1993? I guess after the story. <laughs> Wait, hold on. You're born in '93. Yeah. Holy, sh- dude, I'm telling you, dude, you yeah. are old. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, you want you want to feel worse, Mark? What year were you born? Oh six. Gosh. That one hurts my chest a little. Oh. 06. I graduated in 96. I have, so a, cool, I have a cool old Jeep. It's I an could, 06. I could be your daddy, potentially. Your Jeep is vintage. It is, yeah. <laughs> is that uh, Bronco yours? Yeah. I think sweet. Yeah, there's a whole story about that. We can absolutely get yeah. into that one if you want to. Man, my story, I don't know how to be put on the spot like that. 
I mean, just a little bit about yourself. What do you do? How do you, you know? I would refer to myself as a professional tinkerer. Okay. Because I like to buy and sell things and I just, like I don't like to hold in, hold on to anything. So yeah. I just, I get to have fun and my hobby doesn't, you know, cost me a whole bunch of money, that hobby at least. But I do real estate. I do a little bit of development. I do some investment stuff like that. I, I really talk mostly. It's a lot of yeah, talking. Talker. Yeah. You're kind of a shiny object guy. Uh, I wouldn't say that. I just, I like anything. I like a lot of things. If it's mechanical, especially if there's parts, pieces, puzzles, if there's a problem, anything like yep. that. I just, I love getting involved in it and figuring it out. I like to think. I think you're a lot like me and Jared. You know, we get uh, you, for easily mechanic. bored. Huh? Except for the mechanic side. You're great at that. Yeah, easily bored. Yeah, I love solving great, problems. We, we solve problems. We start businesses. We got new projects, but it's like once you get, once you kind of accomplish it, yeah. Once you conquer it. Yeah. It's, all right. That I can put that in the box. I want to go to the next thing. It's, not, it's exactly. like, where's, what's the next thing? So me. Yeah. yeah 100%. I mean, I as, think, as soon as it gets off the ground and it's sustainable, I'm like, oh, look, squirrel. Do you think, I'm, I'm going over it. Exactly. Do you, do you think that kind of runs true through most entrepreneurs or, or I'm not going to say business folk, but just. No. I think you're missing a word in that. This is really, really biased, but like I think successful people are a lot of the uh, what's next. You can't be you, stagnant; never does well. Yeah, you have to be ready for what's next. You have to be diverse with everything that you do. You need to be thinking about what happens when and how and what. And it, it's exactly that. It's the next thing. All right, what are we going to do with this? How do we think about that? Because it's working right now. Yeah. But I can tell you, Tuesday next week is going to be something different than it was Tuesday last week. We, I agree with that. But I, let me expand on that a little bit. I think I don't think I think you can do that same conversation. In your own square, in your own space, so to speak. So like, reinvent yourself over and over. Like Megan, yeah. she is she has not been an entrepreneur up until about a year ago, and now she is an entrepreneur because, by definition, she is truly working for herself from startup ground up to today. But the look squirrel over here for her now is I'm at that pivotal pivotal point to expand and restructure what does that mean? or stay Yep. and nobody stays. So I agree with like, there is some other opportunities out here, but it can be in your wheelhouse and in your lane that you're already in. I guess I should say that I'm not, I was never disagreeing with that. I, I 100%, yeah, yeah, yeah. but yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, it's the same idea. You just can't be stagnant. Yeah, you know, yeah, when, yeah. when you're stagnant, it just winds up being, you just get in this, this hole of disparity. Yeah, yeah. Even, the, even the podcast is, is that way right now. It's like, okay, we've, we've hit our 50 mark. Let's let's grab a better location, better equipment. Like, like let's take that and keep going. We're still maybe, still entrepreneur with it. You yeah, know? maybe change the structure a little bit. That's right. Right. You know, Jared and I talk a lot about how at least our mindset works. You know, we think we're entrepreneurs. You know, everybody has their own version of that, I guess. But we think of it like the gamification of business. Gamification. Yeah. So, like it, when it, you know, when we to us, it's a it's a game, and we got to play the parts that are going to help us win right and when it's not fun when that game is not fun anymore we tend to start a different game right and so i don't know if that's kind of i mean that's kind of what we're talking about but i got a random question that you brought up game a whole yeah. bunch you play monopoly as a kid either one of y'all oh yeah i still play of course. do you i hated it really yeah it was so boring did you play Rich Dad, Poor Dad? Because it's a long no. game. It, I, it wasn't, I, I can focus for hours on things yeah. that interest me. It just never did. I got what the point was of it, and I was like, eh. See, the problem with me is when I play Monopoly with like my family, I'm like trying to talk my kids out of selling me. A, I'm like, hey, sell me that apartment. I'll do this. You know, I'm trying to get into owner financing. Right. <laughs> <laughs> stuff, stuff that's not in the game. You're trying to owner finance I'm a like, red hotel. Yeah, I'm like, look, or if they have one, if, like, if I have one of the, purple cards and they have an orange and they've got, you know, I'll buy it from you. 
I'm like, I need that to kind of to mm-hmm. to complete my my set. You know, let's work a deal. I'll trade you two for one. But we're from the generation where Monopoly, it, it was a staple just like a television set in the living room. Like fa- That's how families yeah. would connect on Friday night, you know? I think part of the problem with Monopoly is, if you think about it, it is the real world. It is accurate. But, yes. Just the problem is- heavy early. Exactly. But also, uh, you know, when I was a kid, all I, all I wanted to do was get around the board as fast as I could and collect the $200. You know, I, they didn't, it didn't really teach me no, you got to own all the property, and then everybody has to pay you. I went to jail in Monopoly once. Little did I know. <laughs> <laughs> Foreshadowing. <laughs> that was part of the real life game, you know. Don't collect two hundred dollars. You do not Don't pass collect, go. You do not collect two hundred. So, how do you feel about monocles? Are they a touchy subject? Are you uh, over that now? No, I, I don't know. <laughs> Just saying. So, so yeah, you're you're keep going. <laughs> Keep going. I don't know. Keep going. You like to tinker. You yeah. Like, so give give us an idea. Give the the listeners an idea of kind of um, your current today. You, you hold a real estate license. I do. Yep. I've had that since 2017. I actually got into that because of the TV show. I re- will reluctantly admit that's the only reason I got into it. I was what TV show? Um, uh, Modern Family. Phil Dunphy. So yeah, he's a he's a real estate agent in California, and he just goes around. He has a lot of fun doing it, and. I had done the shop thing for a while. I'd done Axis uh, four-wheel drive. Actually, Axis power sports is what I called it. And I had fun doing that, but it was the same idea. Like, I don't want to turn wrenches for the rest of my life. I know what the limitations there are. I'm old already. It hurts, so I didn't need to do that. And uh, I got a job at Duke Energy, and I went through all the classes and all the junk with that. And I worked there for two weeks. I really gave it a uh, gentleman's try. Yeah. <laughs> and I realized quickly that that was not the not role. Happening. No. Not the role for me. They put me on night shift, which is great normally because I like to just stay awake and do stuff. Definitely a night owl. They did that to me, and I was like, ah, this is the worst thing ever. So, yeah, it was. And you know, actually what did it is I got yelled at for not putting my hand on a handrail, and I'm like a dermaphobe a little bit, so it's like I don't want to touch the handrail. I can go down two steps. I'm proficient. I'm fine. Yeah. But I got yelled at for it, so I kind of went on. But anyway. um, Funny story. Yeah. I was working. uh, Sorry, you want (laughs) to? Well, I was going to say, I got some buddies that work there, and they actually had a class where they had to show how they open and close doors. Yes. In the training that you have to go to in Kings. You have to learn how to open, properly open and close the door. And we have a lot of our circle, especially if you're a resident of Oconee County that supplies us good sources of power. So no, I want to be clear that I have no issues with it. I actually admire the fact that people can put up with that. I'm not one of them. I cannot deal with that. I just, it isn't like texting and walking. How do you get anything done? Can't do that. Got to stop and text or walk. It's eyes on path. It's amazing that people just put up with that. But safety first. They're dealing with nuclear power. Safety first. It. Altitude is life insurance. But we're getting into <laughs> yeah. a different thing. And I got one of those on my shirt to talk about. Nah, but yeah, yeah. We'll get to it. Yeah. So anyway, so I was doing that. And I was working with Tommy Glenn. And I've always bought and sold stuff. So when I was 15, I wanted a truck. I had gotten a Grand Cherokee from my grandfather. And I was like, man, I just, I want something cool. I want a truck. And my dad's like, yeah, do whatever you want. I'm not spending any money on it. And I was like, okay. So wound up trading it for a, uh, a truck and kind of just went from there. So I bought and sold and done really well with buying and selling and flipping and trading and doing everything I can with cars and trucks and Jeeps and trailers and boats and everything else. So it's been nice that that's been a source of income. So I didn't really get pushed in anything. I didn't have to stay somewhere if I didn't like it. Right. And that's where the, um, actually I did life insurance first and I am not good at that one either. The, the sales policy that it takes for that, not me. Got into real estate, got my real estate license. Uh, I've been doing that since 2017. I've really enjoyed that one. That's a nice one. It's never the same thing twice. 
you always deal something different. Yeah, it's kind of the buy and sell too. You kind of it, it kind of mirrors what you were doing. Yeah, on, yeah. on the car side, right? A little more professional on it too. Yeah, you you get a little more in depth with things. You learn a lot. I can tell you that I have grown a tremendous amount since I got my license. Maybe because of the age that I was at, but it was fun just to go through and meet these people. But so I'm like, how many like is real estate your eighty percent gig? What puts food on the table and pays the mortgage? Oh, let's build that nice house you're building yeah. right now. I guess I would say real estate right yeah. now. For the last three years, real estate, yeah. And where, where are you hanging your hat these days? What company? Real Brokerage, LLC. So they're a uh, nationwide outfit. My broker in charge is statewide. Okay. Super cool, but they're not big brother. They're not on my back about a bunch of stuff. I know the rule. I'm not going to break laws. I'm not going to do dumb stuff. If I have questions, I know who to contact. You got a good support team with them. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 But I don't, I don't need, I don't need a bunch of offices. You know, I'm always wandering around. My truck's got Wi-Fi for a reason. Like yeah. I don't need to be stuck in an office. I don't need to be paying for an office. So I'm there. I enjoy it. Oh, um, it, it's, it's the Matt Powell model of real estate. Yeah. 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 There's, there's a, there's that's a mindset exactly what of, he says about his insurance agents. Like, we don't need all the overhead. Like, our, our job, if we're, if we're in an office, we're not doing business. We're on the road doing business. What's fascinating to me is this is something that I've actually encountered recently. A uh, gentleman that I work with is, dare I say, y'all's age. Um, mm. And he is like, diehard in the office, can't figure out. Well, I shouldn't say can't figure out, but he's like, man, I just, if I'm not in the office, I don't want to work. Like, you know, offices for working or I'm showing houses, that kind of stuff. And I said, what does it matter? And actually, we're taking a boat down to like Greenwood to sell it. And I was like, somebody could call me right now. We'd pull over. I've got my iPad and my computer right. in the back. Anything that they need, I That's can right. do right here. And it doesn't make a difference where I am. It's very nice that yeah. it's able to do that. So technology is a huge asset for me. You just can't show anything right then, but you can you schedule can. it. Right. But what's really cool is if you're not stuck up about it, you can yeah. use other agents. I shouldn't say use, but you can have other agents help you. So like younger people that are hungry yeah, yeah, or whatever yeah. else, but like, Hey, let's work together on this. You know, either I can pay you to go out and show this piece of property, or I'm happy to share these people with you. You go show them, you get them linked up on it, pay me, pay me a referral fee on it. Yeah. And then I'll help you with the paperwork and we'll, we'll go through the whole process of how all this stuff works. Cause a lot of people that they just get done with the Wyatt Institute and they're just sent out into the wild. Yeah, have yeah, no yeah. idea what's going yeah. on. Yeah. So, for out of out of all the homes or real estate dirt deals you've done, how many of those are split in twelve months? Like, how how many times you just like, hey man, I appreciate you calling me, but I'm going to put you with John Doe. It depends on what's going on with my life. Of course, you know, there's there's a lot of stuff yeah. on the background. Sometimes you know I'm, I'm really into aviation. I've been dealing with a lot of personal stuff on the outside of that. Sure. That's you know put me on the wayside of it. But normally, I would say probably like ten percent is what I would refer out, okay. and ninety percent I would deal with. Um, I'm also really fortunate. I grew up on the lake. I have a massive amount of knowledge when it comes to that kind of thing. So it helps me a lot with those kind of businesses yeah. or properties. And then with those guys comes a lot of investment proper, or properties and, and opportunities and such. So I don't know. I've always felt like it's like, I tell people I don't really live in the real world. And sometimes I really don't feel like I do because like you hear about like the mortgage and the problems and all that stuff. And it's like, I've, I don't know that luckily never had, yeah. like I've had mortgages, but luckily it's never been like, Oh God, it's tight. Like, yeah, yeah. Man, well, I'll I'm, just go buy and sell a Jeep and make three grand. It doesn't take long. I'll go online. I'll find a Jeep. I'll buy it. I'll do minimal to it and yeah. sell it. Some lipstick. And Look, I've, I've yeah. said that statement for decades, man. Real world is what I come back to South Carolina at that, at that time. Real world is, it was Kyle and George and my, my regular buddies that, you know, they were doing the thing. And like, I just, I still, even I, though I got married, I'm just like, who want, nobody lives in a real world. Right. We don't. I don't. Right. Like, because this isn't normal what we do. Yeah. Yeah. Even to to your your point, and your point, it's just like, 
what we do is just different. It yeah, is. For sure. We have a clock different mindset. In, clock about out, it. pay the mortgage, and work thirty years for a, for a gold watch. That's but that, the security that of that. They don't even do gold watches anymore. No, the secu- We talked about that on several episodes. Yeah, people are are wired for that security blanket, and it works for them. And they, I know people that make fifty grand a year working yep. at a factory with full benefits and two kids, and their wife works or their husband works, and they are way happier. Well, and the thing is, a lot it, of other it works. Entrepreneurs. It works it. for us too because somebody's got to do that. And we appreciate, yeah. like, all, we've all done it, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. part of it. Yeah. That's part of it. So, give us some more. So, you do, you know, a good bit of real estate. Yeah, good bit of real estate. I travel around. It's pretty funny. Like, I talk to somebody, like, man, I'm from a little town in Kentucky. I'm like, hit me with it, and they'll tell me some obscure little town. I'm like, oh yeah, I've been there. And they're like, how would you even know that? Mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't know. I think I bought a Jeep there and. Yeah. a few years ago yeah, or something yeah. like that. Yeah. So it's been a really cool time getting to travel and just go different places to buy and sell very random things. Mm-hmm. Don't you think being kind of a, I don't know if nomad is the word, but like, you know, you say you don't sit in the office. And if I was an agent, I would think that, I would think I wouldn't sit in the office either. I think I would be like out meeting people and checking out properties and like offices. Y'all have both seen, well, I don't know if you have, but I know you've seen my social media posts. I constantly post about where I am, what I'm doing, all that kind of stuff. I don't think, you know, if it was 20 years ago, I think you need to be in the office. I think, you know, people would know that you're going to go to the Remax office. You're going to go talk to this guy or whoever you saw on the billboard or whatever. Yeah. But now that. I don't even think it was 20 years ago. I think it was five years ago. Yeah. And exactly. And it's the familiarity of it, right? Mm -hmm. You know, you've seen that Remax sign. You've seen whoever it is a thousand times over Alan Tate or whoever it is. Mm -hmm. And now it's like, well, I just see Ethan on Facebook all the time. He's listing this. He's over here doing this. He's busy as can be. I'm going to talk to him. Yeah. So it's a relationship game. Yeah, because it is. if I need an agent right now, whatever name, you know, whatever Alan Tate, none of those matter to me. I'm gonna go to the people I know. Exactly. Oh, you're saying the the brokery house ha- it has no. It doesn't I matter agree, at all. I agree with that. Hundred percent. You know, used to I think it did. Yeah, I agree. You know, the Remax or yeah. what, whoever it was. Nowadays, the, the BIC brought value. The broker, yes. the broker in charge, brought yeah. value because it was a name you could trust. Well, and you right. walked in the front door and you're just like, "Hey, I seen you had this listing." Right. Nowadays, at least for me, and maybe I'm, yeah. maybe we're not in the know. Maybe we're not the average person buying a house, mm-hmm. you know, because we deal so much in real estate. But if I drive by a property and it has a sign on it. I'm just calling one of my. That's exactly right. I'm just calling one of my buddies. So, and I'll and I'll even take it a step further. Depending on the property or what I think the intended use of the property is, depending who I'm going to call. Because they're going to have. I've got a great residential person. She's amazing. I got a great commercial guy. He's amazing, and I would I wouldn't switch because I just know that we've done business here. But I agree. It's it, the BIC no longer has value. The the name of the broker. I bet you I've made more money. Actually, I can guarantee I've made more money and more sales off a of Snapchat post of just yeah, things I'm doing throughout the day than sitting in any office for any extended period of time. Yeah, guarantee it. Because you're not catching walk-ins in that office. You do. Uh, not not to not to discount that okay. entirely. I have definitely made a lot of money off walk-ins too. But I would say that I've made more, yeah. and I get to do more fun things. But if I had to tell a new agent how to make money, if you're going to start from zero, what you need to do, I would probably say go sit in an office. Yeah. Pick a decent location to office and just go sit and hammer it. Post on your social media that you're at the office. Yeah. Make it something that's more seen by others, but you know, spend your time there. Don't sit at home. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a relationship game. You know, we talked about this, you know, one of our past guests, Kutu. I think that's one of his superpowers is the Love fact that, that he, 
Uh, we, uh, yeah, he, he was great because he brought us some really great <laughs> gifts. But yeah, no, and and him as a person, like he's just one of those friendly faces. Well, I, I always thought his superpower was the fact that he he would get a relationship and then you know cultivate that over time, and then he would then get new listings or new potential clients or new all through there. Like it has nothing to do with, and he just. You know, his book grows, I guess. His Rolodex grows. That's right. And what happens when Rolodex grows is then everybody either comes to you or you can reach out to them. Well, that's that's the whole name of the game. I don't care if you're in real estate or you're in car sales. It's word of mouth and referrals. Yep. Like, oh, I got Ethan. He's a great guy. He did me right on this deal. Worked with me and it was a complicated deal. I'd use him. Car sales is a little different because if you happen to have the car I want, then you get my business. Like when I'm hunting cars, I'm not going through. That's right. I'm finding the car online. I'm like, okay. And then the That's sales right. guys that just happened to be there that day, you know, I'm going for the car, not the, not the salesman. Real estate is different. No, you're right. I'm going for the salesman, not the, re- I'm, you know, I already know I want the real estate, but I can go to any salesman. It's, it's always been interesting to me. This is something that just came into my head, but it's in something that's interesting to me is to see like what people are drawn to. And everyone's different. Obviously it's the same with cars and everything else. You, you like your own thing. But it's just like the type of person that they want to do the business with, right? You're making massive financial investments. You've got you to be with someone you trust. And some people like that cavalier, like just shooting from the hip. We'll figure it out as we go. Other people like the absolute no jokes. You are straight-laced. It is 100% the contract. Yeah. And then there's that happy medium guy that can have fun, knows exactly what's going on, but also does not play around. You want to know the agents that, that get me? Just so you know. It's the ones that are like, Every once in a while, hey, dude, I got this property I think you might be interested in. Because if I feel like somebody sees something. Oh, yeah. And the first person they think about, or maybe the third, and the other two just didn't want it. Yeah. But at least I feel like they're like reaching out to me. You know, the the ones, the agents that I've worked with, they know what I like, what I want, Mm -hmm. what I'm looking for. That's right. And something like that comes on market. You know, all they have to do is like. Hey, dude, I don't know if you're looking or not, but look, I just, this one just hit the market, just so you know. That advanced yeah, knowledge is, is, is invaluable. Yeah. All right, so give me, give me something else. Uh, actually, can I talk about your airplane that you almost bought? Are we allowed to bring that one up? Sure, because it was almost. A nearly. Yeah. The decision that was. I do what I want. Yeah, <laughs> with her permission. And I just don't want an airplane anymore. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> anymore. <laughs> so you are not a pilot yet. Uh, I'm six hours away on my flight time, and then I still got ground, uh, test out. So, so you have waiting on the written, and you got yep. a little bit of solo time. So yep. you got like the the solo cross country, night cross country. What do you got left? No, uh, yes, solo cross country would be left. Okay, what do you? I'd have to go back. In I started and I started this process when I was working corporate in the Midwest, and I was tired of driving twelve hours from Illinois to South Carolina. So I found me a little airport in Quincy, Illinois, and Andrew Dow. My man uh, said, do a discovery flight with me. Let me show you what it's all about. So we jumped in like a 82 model 172. That's a nice new one. Yeah. Compared to some of them. Yep. You bet. Yeah. And uh, we this flew around. This beer built better than a lot of those planes. You'd be, yeah, no, you're absolutely <laughs> right. hundred percent. Mm-hmm. And so we flew around for 30 minutes. We landed. He's like, so what do you think? I was like, let's, let's go up again. And so he got me hooked, logged my first hours. And then I was playing music at the time, recording Nashville. And a buddy of mine, called and said hey we got so-and-so in the studio can you come down and cut blah 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 i was like sure he's like need you there in the morning i was like oh, man so called andrew and i was like hey can i log in hours on the way you know and use this as training he's like absolutely and i'll Let's pay do you that. to stay yeah so and that's the way that well, you're gonna have to pay that ground 
uh, pilot anyway. Yeah. And so we flew down there, and then there's a lot of stories that happened on the way back. Obviously, I could not log hours on the way back because it was just a— Because you weren't flying. Yeah. <laughs> I was in no, yeah, I was in no second You were in the back seat. Yeah. Was it the eight-hour rule that got you? Uh, the, it was the same day flight, so mm, gotcha. of course. It was yeah. the eight-second rule that not, got not, me. Not the eight-hour rule, the other one. But yeah, so I've always—and I'm scared to death of heights. Like it's but just after could, fifty feet, it's not a height. You're flying. I couldn't. St- <laughs> <laughs> You're dead after fifty feet, regardless. It's not a height. Zero to forty nine. I am agreeing. I am terrified of it. Like a ladder, you hit fifty. Yeah. Yeah. 40 foot ladder yeah, you're, you're, you're going to bounce death. Yeah. at 40 feet you're probably going to bounce it's going to hurt there's a possibility <laughs> of color book, coloring books for the remainder of your life after 50 feet they're just you got a eulogy that's it <laughs> anyway so we did 172s for a while and then life gets in the way and it truly does anybody that's trying to get their pilot's license would certainly understand this unless you I'm looking at you dead in the eyes and I'm doing like this yes I'm agreeing yeah. it is very difficult if you if you have any anything else in your life going on I am so jealous of the kids that are like Straight to ATP, they're just, oh, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. No pun intended, fly through it. Yeah. So it's amazing. I, so we flew to Orlando the other day, and I was telling Megan, I was like, look, there's a few people in my life that I want older than me my doctor, my lawyer, and my pilot. And I don't think that I've got any with those. <laughs> like, yeah, my, my at, flight instructor is 24. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, 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 yeah. And he looks like a total frat boy. He's probably going to listen to this, actually, and he's going to be like, that's how you feel about me, but I've told him this to his face. <laughs> he uh, is, hey, try having Ross or Katie in the plane. <laughs> so it's like I get it. Those are two very proficient people, though. They are a an expert in their field, and I enjoy their time, both of them. So yes, but it is a big deal. Yeah. Hey, right, let's it take an, let's an take a break real quick. Yeah, sounds great. We'll be right back with Ethan Churchill. Let's face it, shopping for insurance can be time consuming. When it comes to your auto and home insurance needs, make things simple and trust your Allstate experts. They will help you get the coverage that fits your needs while helping you bundle your auto and home. Bundling saves money, sure, but it also saves you time. So you can enjoy the things that matter most even more. Contact Clemson Allstate agent Shane Smith at 864-654-1047 today for a free personalized insurance proposal. Allstate, are you in good hands? Okay, guys, we're back with Ethan Churchill. So we were on a break. Um just a minute ago and we were having a sidebar discussion which often happens here at the podcast that's right and i know we left with airplanes and we talked about real estate a little bit and the ethical lines that are drawn in what we do when it comes to business as a whole right so they were talking about wholesaling and others and you were started asking about you know we do it all the time with cars and trucks right so i've got this sweet line where like i've got to do both and it's awesome but like to answer that question yeah. of how do you, so we do the same thing, right? You walk up to an uninformed house seller and you put them on the spot and you kind of rook them out of a value on their house to get it for wholesale price and then right. sell it. And then you were going to ask, well, you, you do the same thing, right? You approach the old man that's got that C10 sitting in his driveway mm-hmm. and you, you offer him X because that's probably what it was worth when he last drove it. Well, I, you know, and I don't want to act like I'm trying to rook them out of it, but like if you roll up somewhere and you say, that's a bad word. Hey, look, you, I see you got this C10 been sitting here it for is. 15 years. Do you want to sell it? If they say, yeah, make me an offer. You're not going to start high. I'm not going to start high. And if I start low and he takes it. So ethically to me, the yeah. answer is clear. Yeah. There's a big difference between a $3,000 truck and a $300,000 right. house. You're right. But as the infamous Jared Ketterman always says, it's Whoa. just 
It's just uh, decimals and decimals. Commas and decimals. Commas and decimals. Yeah, but those commas and decimals are the difference between someone going to bed at night and a house that they got paid. Not necessarily, because I disagree. Okay, all right. I'll, and I'll, tell I'll tell you why. Because if they may feel really good about the price that's that you're exa- paying. That's exactly right. Not only that, a Mickey Mantle rookie card is only worth what somebody's willing to pay for it. Yeah. Everything is that. It, so, so are houses. If the buyer is willing to accept a number, they're comfortable, we're comfortable. And they may be soon. They may it, it, they will go to bed just fine. All right, let's pull the uh, let's pull the anesthesiologist into this, right? <laughs> so you're uninformed in the medical world, right? You have no idea what's going on. Exactly. And the doctor's like, I'm gonna give you some stuff, you're gonna go to sleep. Would you rather have the stuff, would you rather one be informed on the side effects of it and know what the entire situation's gonna be, right? So I'm gonna go to sleep, I'm gonna wake up, I'm gonna be a little groggy, I'm a little hungry, and I might be constipated. Yeah. Or we can go with another option. Here's the other thing. It'll put you to sleep. But you're going to wake up, ready to go, happy, and everything else. But well, you don't get to be informed because it's just no, easier no, no. to it's give the number one. It's not about not being informed. That's exactly because, what wholesale no, hold, is. Hold on, hold on. All if, right. If we were the informed. homeowner, you missed the part where the homeowner is happy mm-hmm. after the sale. If you didn't know there was an option to not be constipated after being that's not that's not the constipation part is a, is a side effect. Look, if, if the we, homeowner, if the not having the same hundred thousand dollars is a side effect. No, uh, if we knew all the side effects of the big pharma that we take, we probably wouldn't take any. <laughs> there goes our sponsors. Right. Uh, it's all well, about, it's well, about shareholder confidence, and I need you to not say that. <laughs> <laughs> I get what you're saying. I, when, I do agree with what you're saying. I'm not firm in, on any of this. Yeah, but in regular business, when two parties feel like they win, is that a good deal? Yes, I think it is. I like the lasting fear of that. All right, feet of that. So I like sleeping at night, and every deal well, I do is done with the fact that it does not interfere with me being able to fall asleep ever. So my first deal in 2017 to the last deal that I did last week, I feel yeah. good about. And it's because I know that the seller and the buyer are connected with the right price. Not a great price for anyone in any particular direction, yeah. unless informed, right? Seller is in a spot. Whatever the predicament is, that changes the price. Okay, that me, changes me, it. Let me ask you this. And we'll see how you feel. Okay. So say <clears throat> agent X All right. gets a listing and it's a property and they put it on the market and it's way undervalued. Yep. Okay. But it's done by an agent. Yep. Jared looks at it and he goes, I can make 20 on that, flipping that contract right now. It's not a, this is not a pocket listing. This is not a off market deal. This I is like not a, anything. Here. This is an agent that just underlisted it because maybe they didn't know the area, whatever. He picks up the contract. He then sells that contract to some to somebody who knows what the value of that property is worth. So I pick up the contract on a ninety day due diligence. Hey, I think we're going to do business together, you and I. But I'm just going to hold. I'm going to. I, I need a little work to do. You know, just to make sure that home inspection, whatever it is, done. I have no intention of doing. He that. already knows that Mark wants the I property. I already know that Mark wants the property <laughs> right at, at fair market value, and there was a gap that the agent missed of sixty grand. So I'm going to flip the contract to Mark for 50. He feels confident in buying the prop, the contract because it's it's a contract that says we're going to sell. So now, what's wrong with that? What, well, hold on. Now, what's wrong with that? But also, you say that the that that lies on somebody. That, right. That issue lies on somebody. Listing Is agent that, number one. Okay, that's what I was going to say. It's listing agent number one that yeah. should have known better. And unfortunately, that happens every single day. It does. However, have it, I do been, you consider that wholesaling? No, that's not wholesaling. Wholesaling is knocking on the door. See, it's I, not an agent and going, hey. This is tax value. Well, this maybe is your assessed value. Oh, that's we buy houses, signs yeah, yeah, you see yeah. on the telephone poles. We don't do that. That's it's and to be fair, it would take minutes 
not hours, minutes of research as a individual home seller w- with literally any device that is connected to the internet to figure out what the value of my home is. Yeah, and you got this at estimate least. now. It gets you close. Yeah, exactly. Oh, so in most in most cases, oh, right. in most cases. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. So yes, I've been on every situ- I've been on every part of that situation that you just listed, and I think it just depends, right? At the end of the day, it's ethics, which are really just people's feelings, and they get hurt no matter what. Yeah. But I, I yes. So it's tricky. I don't like those situations just because it's a personal preference. Yeah. I li- I'm, I'm a happy, giggly person. I like everybody smiling at the end of the deal. See, but you're right. The, a good deal is a deal that anyone feels good about. However, I think that my responsibility as a real estate agent, because that's what I have my license in, is to inform my buyer, seller, it whoever is. it may be, I agree. to the fullest extent. That is your job. I agree right. with that 100%. But everyone sucks at their job. There's a lot of people who have But if there's it, not an agent involved... And look, I, I want to clear. I'm, I really want to clear the air. There's no way that Kyle and I would do business that's not ethical. No, no we're not going to cheat somebody out of something. That's right. You know, we're going to go no more than the old truck situation, right? If, if, listen, if old man is like twenty eight hundred bucks, you can take it. I'm I will be ha- I'll be happy as a lark. You get it out of my yard. Oh, right. I've got a Mach one in my in who, my barn. Right. Gives, that's who, taking up space. I'll pay you hundred bucks if you tow it off. Right. The, who who really lost out on that deal? Right. That's exactly it's it. not so, my fault. Yeah. So the, the the little little caveat that I always put into it, just to make me feel better, because it's important to me that I sleep through the night. I feel really good if I'm like you can figure out what it's worth. Here's where it's at. However, you know. There's, there's way more to a contract. There's way more to negotiations yep. than the value, they're, they're the, the, the monetary value, right? Money is part of it. There's also what you just talked about, getting out of my driveway, getting out of the way, of, or the simplicity of it. Hey, I know this property. This, this is going to make it to the closing table. We're not going to be full of due diligence and a bunch of other issues. We are 100% going to make it to the th- closing it's gonna table. It's going to close. Yeah. How much is that worth to you? How much is a 30-day closing, 15-day closing, whatever Guaranteed. worth to you? Yeah, yeah. I'm not going to yank you around. I've walked the property. I know what it's going to take to get a building permit out here or a safety permit or whatever it winds up being. But, you know, you've got to build those values yeah, yeah. You're right. into it. And for me, I like to disclose that. If I can disclose that and they still take a way less than what it's worth value and I can turn around and flip it, absolutely, yeah, that's yeah. wonderful. I can tell you situations of properties getting listed on the lake by large corporations that had a couple hundred acres on the lake, broke it up, and literally I've had, you know, make the phone call. Hey, this just got listed. Listed, mind you, with another agent. Buy it. The same day it closes, we relist it back online and they double their money. Yeah. Could it's the- undervalued. Right, it was undervalued. Yeah. But I feel like so, we're going to go around in circles and I, well, I don't want to spend a lot of time on this. It's the same exact thing. Yeah, it is. But so, same exact but thing. so to recap, uh, you know, when me and Jared think of, um, when we talk about wholesaling, we're not thinking of the, you know, we'll, we buy houses, guys. And I right. think that's that's the issue with most agents. What we think about is just flipping a contract. Right. Now, some of that may be a little bit in the more gray area. That might be an undervalued listing, whatever. Do you have an issue with flipping the contract? Because the way you talked about it, like you, you buy it the next you, day, you, you sell it. it. That's the same thing. But what if you locked it up? And didn't buy. What if that person, that same one you talked it about, it saves you the closing costs? Is what he means. Yeah. What if that same scenario you just gave? You're asking the dude who buys and flips cars, as a as a hobby. Yeah. That goes to the DMV and puts every single one in his name. I pay sales tax. So you don't flip. You don't even flip. We're not. We're, I'm not, we're, not, we're not talking cars. No, but, but I'm, I'm just telling you saying, where I'm coming from. This is how I do my business. No, I'm not going to hold a title. I'm not going to hold the contract. I don't. I don't feel good doing that. I'm going to close correctly that deal's going to be done yeah and then i'm going to let you make your money on the tail end of that i'm going to buy that vehicle and when i'm doing my calculations to figure out if it's a good investment for me or not i'm going to 
put in the bottom line $555 because I know that that's what my sales tax and my tag transfer is going to cost me. Yeah. Okay. So, so while yes, it, hold on, hold on. It's what, impossible one last, to do a deal. One last question. Yeah. Have Two you last ever, questions. Oh, Jerry's got one. One last one for me. All right. Have you ever bought a car and didn't sign the title? And then somebody came along and bought it and then they just signed the title. You ever set your cruise control to 60 and a 55? See, that, that's a yes all day. That is, all day. That's the, a yes. That is literally. That's, or put a dollar for the sales no, price. No, no, no. I'm talking about never in your <laughs> oh, name. I don't though. do that. That's, yeah. That'll like, get you in trouble. And I, don't, yeah. you know, I don't know the legalities of this, but like. I don't flip cars like There's you guys. people that have, have bought a car and the person they bought it from just signed mm. the title. There's three lines on the. <clears throat> Nobody else filled it in. I've never done this. Right. Just don't be on the record. Allegedly. And then you could that do. person then sells it to somebody else, and then the buyer just signs the buyer, and then the middle guy is never even in the transaction as far as the DMV right. is concerned. Right, right, right. Okay, so here's question number two. All right. <clears throat> is it against the law in the state of South, great state of South Carolina to wholesale houses? I'm not an attorney. It's not. There is no law. But it's law. not illegal, no. And it, so, so I if, went to so, an upstate. So my question is, if it's not illegal, is it unethical? I think he answered that. 100% it's unethical, but 100% it's legal. How's that sound? But I also think it's, it's how you define uh, wholesaling. That, that's because correct. Me, the way me and you think about it, I think it's more on the, on the fair side versus yeah. how he thinks yeah, about yeah, it. Yeah, 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 yeah. But there's, yeah. it's a double-edged sword, like everything else is. There are perfectly normal times that wholesaling could benefit both parties. You may have overextended yourself on a piece of property, and you've paid it down. Yeah. But your alternative is foreclosure. So you can either sell it for undervalue, quick, not burn your name and your credit score, and know that you probably could have sold it for more, but you don't have the time to do it. Wholesale, you win, they win, everybody's happy on that deal, even though they know what they're at. But it's, it goes back the, the, to my mind again, it's disclosure. This is the way I look at it. Ethan has wholesaled houses for, or property. I didn't say that. No, hold on. You have, and I'm going to explain why. Or you... What was the lake property you just used as a, as a, did you buy that or was that somebody else? It was somebody else. Okay. So they bought the property. I made, I made my commission off that one multiple times. Yeah. And so I still made great money. Yeah. But that person technically wholesaled, even though they put it in their name. Because, Correct. Because they bought it just because they put it in their name. Because you recommended that it was a great deal undervalued. Right. It's the same thing. And if they were to just flip the contract versus actually putting it in their name, that would have been wholesale. It would have been wholesale, yeah. And that's, that's where the whole thing comes in. But like for me, it was easy and clear. All right, we can, he's buying it with cash. We're going to close quick, close quickly. And then the next day, actually the same day, we literally just took new pictures, posted online, and somebody had a contract on it the same day. I want to clear something up, then we'll move on to the next subject. Yeah, let's do When that. I made the statement of if it's not against the law, is it unethical? 100%. There are a lot of things that are not illegal, that are 100% unethical. So I don't want anybody to think that yeah. we're like, oh, if it's not written down in the state constitution, then we're going to do it. But I, 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 I want to, we want to do as ethical a business as we can. I agree with that. But on the opposite side of that, I'm going to play like devil's advocate on this. You got to play the game too. You have to. Because taxes are the same way. Mm-hmm. It's because, defined. Exactly. It's, it's defined. They give you rules to play. That's right. And they, they give you those rules because I think it benefits them long-term. You know, they give businesses tax breaks because they want you to hire more people. They want you to grow your business. They want you to reinvest in the business, reinvest. not just go blow it on a Ferrari. Right. And they want you to reinvest in the, in the community. Like, there's reasons they give you these tax breaks. A lot of people hate it. 
Mm-hmm. You know, there's reasons why they want companies to grow, though, because those companies pay salaries and they get their tax money and all the people that work for them. Yeah. And we could take it a step further. We'd say this this new development's coming to the Seneca area. Won't even mention it, but you know what we're talking about, right? A lot of homes coming in. Big number. Two-lane highway. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, right. there's, there's Is like- it okay for that to happen with no jurisdiction from the county to put in, well, you can't really do that. It's, it's about land rights and things like that. Have you ever been to planning in Oconee County? Mm-hmm. They still touch all that. They still take care of enough of it. You know, there's, there's one that's going up on another two-lane road mm-hmm. that's a couple hundred houses, and it was all nice forest land, and these people own the inside corner. So it's mm-hmm. got road frontage and road frontage, and the inside corner is a house, and they had nothing but a lovely forest around them. And they came in and clear-cut it. And, you know, it's a different ethical part of it, but did you devalue that land? No, you made it worth a lot more. Mm-hmm. That land, because now it's become an investment and yada, yada, you got all these new houses, but these four people on the corner just got burned. I mean, absolutely burned. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, it's a tough situation. I mean, if, when you're going to grow, you're always going to grow into something that's been there forever. We talked about Monopoly earlier. You got one winner mm-hmm. and however many other people you're playing with, losers, four, whatever, yeah. right? And it's the same thing in life. I think, unfortunately, there's winners and losers on all parts of it, and you can do the best you can, you can to listen, mitigate risk. No, if you play Monopoly right. I disagree. If you Hold on. If you play Monopoly right, you can look at the guy across the board and be like, look. We'll, we'll partner on this deal. We'll partner on this deal. You we'll don't, knock out the other two. You don't charge me when I land on your spot. I won't charge you when I land on your spot, and we'll, we'll right. take it all over. But you just said we'll knock out those other two. There's your two losers. You're right. But there's, there's not always, one single winner. Fine, there's not one single winner. <laughs> if you want to pull semantics into it. it, Jared, yes. But it. I'm saying that you know he said it. No matter how you do it, you can't, you know, you can't be the, the super nice Look, guy. Somebody's gonna be at the bottom, somebody's gonna be on the top. It doesn't matter Always. what, what Always. life, what country, Always. what state, what yep. industry. Listen, do you know gosh, I can't even think of his name now. There was there's this guy, he's like a huge bodybuilder, like a inspirational guy, and and um he was talking about being the baddest. Zach Galifianakis. I know who you're talking about. No, no, no. <laughs> it's not him. I, don't know. I can't even think of his name. Uh, talking, but he was talking about being the baddest. And then he was like, my mama called me one day and he was, she was like, there's always going to be somebody badder. And he's like, no, somebody has to be the baddest. And that's going to be me. You, but that's short term. That's never guaranteed. Well, and that's true too. Cause I think his fair enough. He ended up having like a heart issue, but, um, Gosh, what is his name? I know who he is. He's got super energetic videos and stuff too. Yes, I don't know his name. I'm anyway. not into bodybuilding like that. Anyway. Unfortunately, all right. You're either first or you're last. <laughs> what does that even mean? Uh, you could be second. Bobby. You could be third, <laughs> yeah, but you still Bobby. lose. Hell, you can no. be fourth. What he's saying is, if you're second, That's you still right. lose. That's right. That's yeah. right. Yeah, but all right. You still as lose. someone who's like a habitual second placer, <laughs> I think second place isn't the worst place. It's not bad, depending yeah. on what you're doing. You're not losing, but you're not at the top. You don't get the starlight of everything, the but money. you're not at the worst. Yeah, yeah, you know, I'm not hurting, but I don't have a lake That's house. Right. Yeah. yeah, this has been so fun. <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's wrap it up. We gotta. We always ask our guest. You got like a quote or latest s- book you read? Some kind of inspirational something you can. Still can I us. use the quote that I had earlier before the podcast that we were talking about? If it's clean, yeah. Yeah, it was Ronald Reagan. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You definitely do that. And, and what's that quote? So we were talking about a bunch of other stuff, and uh, we were talking about some some governmental oversight, and we all kind of landed on the same situation of, you know, uh, 
this quote exactly right mm-hmm. here. I, I looked at Jared and I said, there, I think it's nine words. It's either seven or nine, and I, I could count them, but I don't feel like doing it right now. Yeah, and yeah. it's the, the, the mo- nine most terrifying words you can hear are, I'm from the government and I'm here to help. Yeah. And that's a Ronald Reagan quote, and yep. it's beautiful. It's great. It's beautiful. It's, it's nine. It's nine. Yeah. I think it is nine, yeah. And, and the there, other, there was another one, the three foot. Oh, yeah. We were talking about leadership and, and having employees and businesses and all that kind of stuff. And it, you know, if you want to own a business and it has to be successful and you need to have people underneath you that if you give them a three foot leash, they will make three foot mistakes, right? You've got to be, no matter what you want to do, no matter how hands, how hands off you want to be with your business, it's difficult because unless you pick the right person, which is a unicorn, you're going to have people that you have to touch up on, whether you get a good manager that takes care of the people that can't manage the yeah. three foot of it's still great. It's still that's at least a great one. It yeah. is great. And it's, it's true because this is the thing. What people have to realize is whoever's running your business is not you. Otherwise, they'd have their own business. You know, but I don't, I don't have a problem with that. And There's I'm not so even, many if people, you know, if you I will delegate for well, 80% of the profit, I will delegate that's the, that's 50% the thing, of the business. That's the thing, though. That's what he's saying. If you're cool with three foot mm-hmm. mistakes, you bet. Yeah. You build them into your business plan, honestly. You build it in your business you plan. You have the clear cut. You know, yes. this yep. is the form that we have to do. Follow this. Yeah, but like, right. it, it, you got to have that gray area yeah. in it. The thing that I've dealt with a lot is like the must be nice, right? Since oh, I was a kid, yeah, since I, I was a kid, I'll call myself a kid, right? So I came from a family that was not hurt. Listen up, Mark. Listen up. Was not hurting, right? I, my dad made great money. My mom's a, a brilliant woman, but they are also smart enough to know that like, you know, if you give a kid everything, they're not going to want for anything and that doesn't give a drive. So my parents yep. gave me enough, right? I had rules and it was based off my grades and everything. So it already started out with like the value of work hard, you get stuff in return. That's right. That's right. So as a 15, 16, 17 year old in high school, I was buying and flipping and selling and trading Jeeps. Now, no one saw me and my friends working in the garage two, three o'clock in the morning, selling it on a Saturday morning, doing all that kind of stuff. And I got told constantly oh it must be nice as i'm so going when to, you when you roll around something i'm going nice. to buy new tires yeah, that yeah. cost 1700 bucks on a diesel truck it's like yeah it's nice but you guys were out having a bonfire and having fun and i sacrificed time for it and by no means am i salty about this but it's like the must be nice it's like yeah but there's a trade-off there somewhere yeah some people silver spoon absolutely get anything they want but there's a lot of people that you don't see what yeah. they're doing at two o'clock what's in the, morning. the quote and, and i will not get this right and maybe I, we can talk about it on the next podcast it's strong men make you know, you know uh, strong men make weak kids or weak weak kids we'll, we'll figure it out we, weak we men. need to bring it back strong strong men make make weak men weak men weak men make strong men well All right, we're gonna correct yeah. this because that's yeah 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 it's, it's a it's great right it is. Worth but what Google. happens basically what it means is like if you have a very strong generation the next generation doesn't have to suffer and work hard for what they have. Oh, I've got a theory about this too. You want to talk about this real quick? Real quick. Let's All right. Get- All right. Think about think about leading up. You hear about these guys that built a, a wooden boat, right? Yeah. And they're looking across this ocean that you can't see anything else. It's just water as far as the eye can see. Imagine having so much testosterone coursing through your body. You're like, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna build something and go across yeah. that. That's and they me do right it, now. Right. So we started with <laughs> we started. Yeah, we still with the start with the dudes who get on these wooden boats and they're like, I don't know. Wind it's kind of blows that way. Somewhere. I'm going that way. And they just set off for it. Straight and then they figure out how to get straight back. Straight Viking. And then, they, yeah, they get there and they fight everything and they win and they take over and it comes back. And you think about World War II. You've got a bunch of guys from Oklahoma, farmers. Oh, yeah. They've gone through the Great Depression and they're like, you know what? We'll go fight a war. And they come back. And how many of those strong-willed, 
just testosterone-filled men do we lose in the war? I think every generation, until there's a reset, it gets a little bit less and less testosterone. There's a you're lot right. less That's of right. these people that are just... And, and it's McDonald's right. chicken nuggets, for sure. I was going to say, it has a lot to do with diet. Here's the, yeah. here's the quote. Hard times create strong men. Strong men create good times. Good times create weak men, and weak men create, create hard, hard times. times. And there is so much truth in that. Perfect. It I is. need to give... Uh, G. Michael Hopf. That's awesome. The philosophy quote. That it, reminds me a lot of the, um, I, I saw one the other day that was talking about like everyone's freaking out about how the world's coming to an end and, and hard times are ahead of us. And it was like a quote underneath it that was like, I'm a history professor. We have there, not seen hard times. There are always hard times. Well, we, I don't care what you think is going on. It's always going to be something. You're we're, right. We're not in Israel right but now. What I will say. And Israel will change, and everything always changes. You know, the right. hard place, the hard right. time. Well, I will say something new is when people are complaining about hard times, it's because they haven't lived in hard times. No, that, that's exactly right. They didn't. They weren't in the Great Depression. They weren't in people that will file bankruptcy. I don't know a millionaire in my in my playbook. No, yeah, I do. That hasn't filed bankruptcy. I do know a lot that have. That that's past success made. is not a straight line. It is not a straight line. So we're going to wrap it up real quick. So sure I, you don't want to keep talking? I can do this for hours. <laughs> I'm just getting warmed hey, up. We'll have you back. <laughs> we'll have you back. Promise? No, I definitely want to wrap it up with <laughs> Promise. you. Okay. What's the lot? What's the, what did you listen to on your way here? You really wanted to answer this? Yeah. All right. So the name of the artist is Bill Murray. B-I-L-M-U-R-I. Mm-hmm. Real hoot of a time. The name of the... Maybe I don't. Keep the name clean. of the song is Thick Thickly. T-H-I-C-T-H-I-C-C-L-Y. Yeah. It's actually really good music. Yeah. It's it's very, uh, it, I've, I got severe crippling ADHD and music really shines that. I love a lot sure. of layers and stuff. So yeah, check it out. Bill Murray's What's, really good. Anything cool. new you've listened to? I know you're like in the shell kind of guy. Oh, so you I, broke out? I, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we just went to Asheville at the Gray Eagle, which is like a listening room venue for certain artists, and it's a party room for other artists. Yeah. But we went and saw Cat Hasty, which is a Texas singer-songwriter, super mellow voice, just great songwriting. Uh, really good stuff. Broke you out of your shell a little bit? Not really. She kind of yelled at me. For, no, I'm just talking about like you're like kidding. you're like country music is never going to be the same. Yeah, kind of well, FM radio is never going to be the same. Yeah. So we love singer songwriters. We love original music around here. So listen, cool. Thanks everybody for sticking around this, and uh, we'll catch you next time on the South Cac Syndicate podcast. See ya.